Welcome back to the MicroConf Podcast. This week, we're doing a refresh episode where we look back at some of the best MicroConf talks of all time from the 20 events that we've thrown. Actually, we're north of that now, including our, our MicroConf remote events and uh, literally hundreds of talks that have been given. This week's is amazing. It's from MicroConf Europe 2019. It's from Peldi Gilzoni, who is the founder of Balsamic. And the title is Victories and Tragedies, the Three-Year Journey Building Balsamic Cloud. If you don't know Peldi, he founded Balsamic in 2008, and he's spoken at several microconfs, and his talks are always extremely highly rated. He's entertaining, he drops knowledge, he's funny, he drops inspiration, strategies, tactics. It's like a perfect package here. Peldi wrote a description of his talk, and he says, build a SaaS app, they said. It'll be great, they said. It turns out running an online service is a big pain in the SaaS. In this talk, Peldi will tell you all about designing, building, selling, scaling, maintaining, and supporting Balsamic Cloud, the online version of Balsamic Wireframes. It's a great story. It's a great talk. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, all right. So uh, I really tried to get to that 80 uh, 20 uh, practical advice and 20% inspiration. Um, I enjoy micro speaking on microconf a lot because. You can really get into the nitty-gritty, and like I, like they said, I come back for the community all the time. I've made lots of great friendships through this conference. All right, so today um, um, we're going to be talking about our web app called Balsamic Cloud, and so it's going to be a journey of from going from the beginning until now. Um, so let's start with a quick show of hands. How many here are doing a SaaS uh, startup? Okay, how many are doing software but not SaaS? All right. So, um, and then uh, how many here on the spectrum between being client-side people and server-side people? So, for client-side, front-end, UX, a few, yeah, quite a few. What about ops, IT, machines, Linux? Yeah, quite a few. And then the rest, I feel like maybe both. We'll see. Anyways, the first question that I have for you is, are you SaaS-salutely sure that you want to do SaaS? Um, because, like I say, it's a bit of a pain in the SaaS. Um, there, you know, there are other options. You don't have to have uh, run servers. Uh, you know, there are other ideas. So I'm hoping today to uh, make you think, to basically scare you to death about running a SaaS. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I did not want to start, um, a, I have a SaaS version, because I wanted to be a micropreneur. I was a big fan of uh, uh, the Micropreneur Academy, right? And uh, start small, stay small. That was my goal. I wanted to have a one-person company, and I wanted to be able to sleep at night, and I wanted to be able to spend time with my family, and I wanted to be able to take vacation. So I said, no SaaS. This is a blog post from 2008, where I said, no. I'm not going to host it myself. I don't want to do it. It's just I have to keep your password safe. It's just too much stress. I want, I want to do maybe a desktop version or, you know, you keep your own data. Uh, I don't want to have any of that. Uh, the other thing is DevOps, right? I was by myself. A lot of you uh, want to be solopreneurs or a small company. And so you have to be good both at the client side and at the server side. 
And it's really hard to be really good at all of it. It's also part of the challenge is why I, want, I started a company. I wanted to get good at all of it. You know, I wanted to learn what, what it was like to do it all. But, I mean, these are very different careers, right? There's front-end developers, back-end developers. There's IT people. There's, um, it's hard to do it all. The other thing is with a SaaS these days, unfortunately, you sort of have to have a global team from the get-go because people expect you to answer their emails. Uh, you know, if, if, if it goes down and you're sleeping, right? You're sleeping half of the 24 hours, or you know, at least. Uh, what, what happens, right? So you have to hire someone somewhere else to at least be able to answer the emails, not even restart the servers, but at least deal with the fire uh, as, as it happens, right? So it's expensive, it's, it's not easy. So I said, no, I'm not gonna do it, can't do it. Then of course, time passed and our customers started screaming for it. They really, really wanted it. A competitor came out that was identical to us, but they did a web app. And so we're like, all right, we gotta do it. So um, I, had a, I hired an employee who was much more of an ops guy. And he said, I'm fine staying up late. I'm fine being on call to answer uh, if it goes down. And I said, all right, let's do it. And so in 2011, we launched what's called My Balsamic. I don't know if uh, any of you have used it, but it, it was a web version of, uh, of our uh, wireframing editor. So in 2011, we launched, and it, was, it went pretty well. We learned a lot. Um, this is an interesting slide because you can see how the revenue grew and grew and grew. And then in uh, November 2015, we did a release that... Um, added uh, yearly uh, subscriptions, so that's, that's why it went up. And then we haven't released since. We did not, other than security updates, uh, we have not released My Balsamic. And so, of course, the revenue has gone down, but the lesson here is that the revenue is really sticky. People just won't leave. I expected this to drop off much quicker. I was hoping it would drop off much quicker so that they would move to our new one, but it's still making $50,000 a month, and it hasn't been updated in four years, right? So when you're stressing out, we need, we need more features, we need to continuously pump out features, no, actually, you don't really have to. It, it will continue. And this is also the reason why the web is full of these zombie SaaS apps that have not been updated forever, but people keep them around because they bring in a couple thousand dollars a month, right? Um, so, so that was interesting. Anyways, it, the reason why we stopped updating my balsamic is because in 2015 we decided to rewrite our whole code base, which is the thing that Joel Spolsky used to say, it will kill your company, you should never do it. Well, now, uh, now actually people do do it. Uh, and uh, so this um, DHH gave this talk about uh, how they decided to rewrite Basecamp. And basically he was saying, after a few years, you have to, you learn so much from running your, your company that you want to compete with your old ideas. And so they, what they did was they did version three, which was a completely new app, and they left the old one running in parallel. And I thought, this is brilliant, we should do the same thing. And so we did. We built Balsamic Cloud, and when we shipped it, we said, my Balsamic will keep going until uh, for a long time. If you're happy with it, don't, you don't need to change anything. And as we saw, a lot of people are still very happy with it. So this is a good trick because it allows you to cut features because it's a new product, right? 
uh, it allows you to, um, to uh, not have to go to feature parity before you ship the new one, right? So, um, and in a way, uh, it's, it is risky. Of course, it takes a long time. We're going to talk about that today. But um, it allows you, like, like DHA says, to uh, be your own best competitor instead of having some other startup uh, compete with you. Because the market changes, the, what, you, what people want changes. All right, so let's start the journey. This is the end of 2015. We did the My Balsamic release with the yearly um, uh, uh, subscriptions. And then uh, we decided, all right, let's, let's rewrite everything. So uh, we have two parts to our, to our app. One is the editor. So the wireframing editor where you do the actual work. And then there's the wrapper. We have a desktop sort of experience. We have a Google Drive experience that embeds the editor. And we have uh, our, web, uh, our web version cloud, which has you know, people management, uh, et cetera. But then once you edit, it's the same editor. So we have different teams. Um, we have two teams uh, internally that work on these things. So in Q4 2015, uh, these are, you'll see a few of these slides. These are taken uh, straight from our wiki. We have quarterly goals for each team, and these are the quarterly goals. So in uh, 2015, at the end, uh, for the editor, we had new editor one web, right? Let's try to, try to see if, if we can do a proof of concept, you know, if it's going to work, if the technology is going to work. Same for cloud. We're like, all right, the old stack was building, built in Grail, Grails, which was a sort of a dying technology, a bad bet that we had made. Um, it was uh, on AWS, but it was AMIs. It would take two hours to build. It was, you know, we were not happy with it. So we thought, okay, what's the, what's the new hotness in 2015 um, for, uh, for server-side stacks? And so we looked at, we looked at serverless. Uh, AWS uh, Lambda had just uh, released, and I was really excited about the promise of just write the code, we'll take care of all the scaling, we'll take care of all the security updates, we'll take care of everything. And so we tried and it was a disaster. Uh, it was not built for web apps. It was, it's built for maybe little pieces of it, microservices, transaction stuff. But they, at the time when they launched, they had a timeout of like half a second for a query. If anything was longer than half a second, it was gonna time out. And we, my Balsamic had some things that took like a minute to come back. Uh, anyway, so we uh, sadly gave up on it. Now, if I were to start now, I would give it another look, but it's still not really designed for, for that. We're, we're still not there. Um, so I really love, this is one of my favorite quotes. If you're excited to play around with something, it probably doesn't belong in production. This is from Maciej Zlosli from, sorry about that, uh, from Pinboard. Um, and I love it. You know, the more boring the technology is, the safer you are in production because it means that it's been tested, it's been documented, there's a giant part of Stack Overflow about it, right? Um, but it's kind of hard to find developers that want to work on boring technologies. But um, it's, it's still fun. So we went with what for us was a mixture of boring and exciting. So on the client side, we used React. We used GraphQL, which was still pretty young at the time, to talk to the server. The server is built on Node, so, which is JavaScript. So we, we can move people from the client to the server 
more, more easily. Uh, and then uh, MySQL for database and Redis for cache. So these are sort of tried and true technologies. And we, uh, we run it on AWS, just like we've been running for years. The one thing that we added at this point was Convox. Convox is kind of like uh, Kubernetes. Kubernetes, I don't know how to say that. Uh, it's, a, it's a thin layer on top of AWS. It's an open source library that uh, allows you to do updates, scale up, scale down, uh, you know, helps you uh, orchestrate all the different services uh, that make up your web app. All right, so in 2016, the editor version, uh, the, the editor uh, timeline was all about, okay, make it more into a real editor, go beta, and then really go beta, and then really, really, really go beta, because uh, it always takes a lot longer than you think. So same for the cloud version. First quarter was, okay, let's set up production environment, staging environment, then go beta, and then we were not ready, so do it again and do it again. Uh, so the 2016 is really the time where you have to sort of build the building blocks for the app. And so what are some of those? This is um, signing up and logging in. You don't have to understand it. It just has to look complicated, which it is. Uh, you think that it's, oh, what could, you know, how hard can it be? Uh, you have put in uh, your email, pick a password, and you're in, right? Well, not really. There's email verification, and then there's, I, I never got the email verification, and then um, you have to have them accept the terms of service, and then if you want to do a social login like Google, like login with Google, that's a whole other flow. And then uh, uh, logging in, oh, I forgot my password. So these are all screens that you have to design, you have to implement, um, and it gets even co more complicated. So this is the flow for when someone who's already an, who already has an account wants to invite a colleague to their workspace, right? Well, there's a million things you have to think about because, oh, you got an email. It's both signing up and getting added to something at the same time. And uh, you might be logged in with another account. So it's, uh, it's really complicated. Authentication has a ton of hidden features that, um, that you don't see, like two-factor authentication, you can, you, you know, you want to offer that, or uh, people want to change their username, how do you deal with that, or the, even just uh, picking the duration of a session. If you want to do it short so that it's secure, but you don't want people to log in every day because they complain about that. So how do you do that? Then there's all these features like, show me where else I'm logged in, what other devices I'm logged in on, or log me out of everything, or on the back end, you want to do uh, rate limiting on the login API so that people don't brute force and don't denial of service. So all these things nobody ever sees, right? Or when you log in from here, uh, Google says, hey, this is an unusual location for you, right? This is all stuff that has nothing to do with what, what you're actually trying to build, right? Your, your value add is not here. This is table stakes, and it takes for freaking ever. Um, the other thing to build at this point is, uh, this sort of complicated chart about the life cycle of an account, right? Start with a trial, and then if they, it might expire, or if they pay, it goes to paid. Then if there's a problem with their credit card, we give it a, we move it to grace, which means you have a few days to fix that. Other one, other, after that it goes to expired, and then really deleted, and then really, really deleted. Uh, you know what I mean, right? And then there's, 
your admin team, your support team is supposed to be able to also like extend a trial or move something, you know. So this is a lot of stuff you have to do before you even work on what you're actually trying to build, okay? So um, a couple more tips. If you're doing B2B, uh, how many are doing B2B? Yeah, that's easier, uh, for sure. So one thing that we've learned from my balsamic that we put in cloud is to always have, if you have the concept of a shared workspace for your uh, customers, always give them an option to have two owners, not just one uh, admin, always two, because one might get fired, and then the company writes to you, hey, we want our data, and legally it's actually their data, right? So, or one goes on vacation, the other one wants to uh, admin the account, so always have two owners. The other thing that we added is the billing only administrator. So we do it all the time. Whenever I sign up for a new service, I always say, don't send me the card, send it to Joy, because she's the one with the credit card and she wants to pay. But don't let Joy mess up my stuff. So only give her access to the billing area, right? So this is something that um, we, we learned over time and we did. And this is the revenue for 2016. We hadn't launched anything, so it's all zero. Um, What's happening? Okay. Uh, no, these are not, that's not correct. Hang on a second. Oh, we're missing a slide. Yeah, there's a, all right, well, uh, let me see if I can remember it. Uh, 2017, um, what, 2017 is beta. Right? So we've done it. We, it took us a year instead of three months, like we were hoping. Uh, but then 2017 is, let's get to beta, let's do the beta, and then let's do the gamma. The gamma is what, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about it in a minute, but it's a paid beta that we do every time whenever we ship a new product. Uh, and then uh, the editor was, let's get it to shipping quality, right? So 2017 was all about shipping. So what we did was this gamma, uh, which is, Basically, an early access program. It's just like the beta, where you're inviting people whenever you want, but now they have to pay. Yay! Um, but it's great. So it's like the product is basically launched, but it's not linked from your marketing website. You have to give people, you send people the login, the, the page to sign in, the URL to sign in. This is perfect for working out all the billing bugs, right? All, this, all the uh, life cycle of, uh, of, uh, you know, um, of an account. Here's where you can test it. You can test people, uh, credit card expiring and all that stuff. Uh, in the meantime, you can train the support team on supporting this new product because it is a new product and it's ready. So you can, uh, you can uh, write the docs, take screenshots. It's basically live, but you're not really telling anyone yet. And then uh, you work on uh, the support or administration UI, which is a, whole, is a whole other app for extending trials, looking up people, et cetera. And uh, you work on your ops, because even during the gamma, you, you try to get enough people that will show you the first bottlenecks in your server-side architecture. And so you fix those before really launching, right? Um, and then you work on the legal stuff, terms of service, privacy policy, right? And you're doing this while money's coming in. So really, you can do this for a year, uh, if, and basically it removes all the stress out of the launch. Because if you do a gamma, at launch day, all you do is write a blog post saying, hey, look, we've been live for six months. We have 200 paying customers. That's it. There's no, there's no release. It's already been released, right? Um, so here's a, a few screenshots of our uh, 
what we call super admin uh, UI, where uh, you can do all sorts of things. Obviously search, you search for people, you see everything about them, uh, you know, what their sessions, you can log them out. Um, and for uh, uh, spaces, you can make them free, add credit, restart trial. So this is all stuff that you're gonna need. Again, it's invisible. And again, it has nothing to do with whatever you're building, but it's something that you're gonna need to build. Um, at this point, it's also a good time to start working on your uh, getting into a good groove of uh, release cycles. So weekly releases, so you practice all that dance, merge from master to release, kick the build, blah, 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 right? This is a, a, a screenshot of our uh, load balancer. So you wanna do zero downtime releases, right? It's a dance where you spin up three new servers with the new version, you attach them to the load balancer. When they're all healthy, you take the three old ones away and, and there's no downtime and everybody's migrated. You keep the three ones warm for a while in case you have to roll back, right? So these are, this is a time where you have to, you work on these things and because it's still very, it's live, but it's not public. So if it goes down, it's not the end of the world, right? Uh, and also you add all the, uh, auto-scaling, basically what you're trying to build is a system that is self-healing and uh, self-scaling, right? So based on usage, it goes up or down, and if it goes down, it restarts quickly so that you, if you're asleep, you don't have to, you know, nobody ever notices. I, ideally, it spins up a new uh, instance in seconds, and, uh, and you can deal with that in the morning, right? So, it, but that's a lot of work. These are all different sets of rules that we set up for all the different parts of the app to, uh, to do this kind of uh, orchestration. Uh, I mentioned legal stuff, privacy policy. Uh, now's a good time to work on that, especially now with GDPR, you gotta be, have a really good one. Um, you gotta list all the people, all your, all your vendors, all the people that you send your customers data to. And so here, uh, you're trying to get uh, as few as possible, right? and uh, you want big names. Uh, and I, I know this is bad news for those of you who are building software for other startups, but as a customer, when I sign up for something, I don't wanna see my data being sent to 400 little players around the world that I've never heard of. What are they gonna do with my data, right? So, um, so try to pick your vendors carefully. We'll talk about this a little more later. Um, same with terms of service. Uh, look at all the stuff on the left. You have to cover a lot of, a lot of uh, legalese, but if you want, at the bottom of our terms of service, it says, hey, if you're a startup and want to copy paste this and change our name to your name, go ahead. So feel free, uh, but have it checked by a lawyer. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on this. This is 10, year old, 10 years of, of tweaks, so uh, it, we're pretty happy with it. Uh, anyway, so this is the revenue for 2017. Uh, so as you can see, up until Nove uh, October, so let's see, in uh, say March, we went gamma, so we started getting people uh, to pay, and then in October, we had already about $2,000 a month in revenue, and we said, okay, we think we're ready to open it up. And so we did the blog post, and it, it shot up, and so uh, we were very happy, <laughs> and uh, it's all good. So, so, you know, that's a good six months of gamma that made us uh, be able to handle the load once we launched. All right, 2018, um, 2018, now the app is live, 
right? Uh, everything's great. Now we get into our regular um, rhythm of uh, releasing what people are asking for. Because whenever it's a version one, it's going to have some rough edges. It's inevitable. So as soon as you launch, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear what are the, the features that are clearly missing that you have to work on first. And for us, it was these things called revisions and notifications, search, permalinks. These are all the four big things that uh, people were asking for. And then we noticed that two things. One is we had decided to save uh, data in a database that was making the database too heavy. So we thought, no, that kind of data is really a document. It should go to S3, right? Uh, and that's something we didn't notice during the gamma. Um, and then uh, Auth0, which is a library, it's a service that helps you with all those authentication features, uh, went from being $10 a month to $850 a month. And we're like, okay, let's bring that in-house. We were not, uh, it was not giving us uh, enough for that value. So in Q1, we decided to do that. The, uh, the editor team moved to rewriting the desktop apps instead because the web was pretty good. Um, but, you know, but don't lose anyone, meaning let's leave some people on the web version so if there's bugs uh, in cloud, we can fix them. But, um, but basically, yeah, this year was all about let's give people what they're asking for, let's do just regular, normal stuff. But then in Q2, something happened, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then in Q3, it's more about, okay, now let's slow the F down. We're going to just do little bugs. We're just going to take it very easy. And as you notice, notifications, which was supposed to be done in Q1, and off zero, they're still not done in Q4, right? We basically slowed, uh, slowed a lot down. And the reason is, got this message on May 11 from my lead developer in cloud, and he said, we have a fire. I deleted some cloud projects. And I was driving, and I said, all right, 20 minutes, and I'll be home. We'll, we'll deal with it. So. Uh, it was bad. It was really bad. We uh, took a few, a uh, couple of days to uh, run queries and understand what was the real uh, magnitude of the damage. And in the end, we had deleted 1,258 projects from our young uh, web app. Um, these are, you know, you've used our product. You know what, you know what that means, right? Uh, it's you spent months of work working on this app design. Your whole—that's the one source of truth that your developers look at. Poof, gone, gone. I told my wife, "Well, we had a good run. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> you know, um, I thought this was going to be the end of Balsamic, but it wasn't. Uh, surprisingly enough, it wasn't. And." Um, a large part of why it wasn't is this email that we put together. Uh, the support team drafted it, and then I, I worked on it with them. And I put it uh, in its entirety in the slides so that when you download the slides, you can use that and copy-paste. Should hope you never have to use it uh, for your sake. But it's all here, three pages. I, I mean, uh, at the end, I'm like, this is horrible, it hurts. If you want me to meet, if you want me to meet with your boss, I'm happy to do that, like, right? Because people were pissed, right? A lot of, a few people were pissed, but most people were incredibly accommodating. Um, they were like, you know, we do software too, shit happens. Um, 
and uh, we, were, we were bracing for a disaster, and only three people tried, uh, threatened to sue us. So it worked out. Um, mostly because of this email. So absolutely uh, take a look after when you get the slides, because uh, apparently we did something right there. Mostly, the lesson, though, is if you're moving data from one kind of storage to another kind of storage, turn the backups on and then you the kind of storage. We had uh, forgotten to do that, because um, uh, we're stupid. Uh, even after 10 years of being in business, right, you should not make these mistakes, but they happen. So always turn backups on and uh, set up daily backups with at least seven days retention. Um, and then a few tips on when you're, things to think about when you're writing code that deletes data, okay? So, first of all, don't just do it on your own. Get someone to code review. Do a presentation on this is why, what I'm planning on doing. Get a few, get some feedback before you even start writing the code. Um, this is another nice tip. If you have automated tests, which I hope you do, instrument them so that time can go faster, right? Because you're deleting stuff. Usually you keep stuff in, uh, for a few days and then you really delete it. But to test that, you have to wait a few days. So instead, Make it so that there's a fake concept of time that can go in, in one minute and, and then show you. Um, this is a little bit, bit of work, but it's worth it. Use a trash. Never really delete anything until you really want to. Uh, for It's a liability to keep people's data forever, right? And GDPR, right to be forgotten, right? Uh, you have to delete at some point. But don't just go, you know, keep it in a trash for a week or so, right? Um, and uh, this is another one. Our routine, we caught it after 1,200. It could have deleted 100% of the data. But we caught it after an hour. It only had deleted 1,200. But make it, make it delete one thing a minute, right? It takes two weeks to delete what you want to delete, but what, who cares, right? At least after a day, if you notice you have a fire, you've only deleted 100 things and not everything, right? Um, and then take a freaking snapshot right before shipping the deletion code, right? So that if you do delete, you have something. We were able to recover thousands of uh, things from because we had the last three days. Um, and then this is what happened to us. Don't ship deletion stories right after coming back from vacation. That, that was part of it, because the developer had it all ready, went on vacation, came back, and we're like, oh, this has been ready, let's go, right? And we didn't think about it, you know. It wasn't in the right mindset. All right, so about picking your uh, third-party vendors, uh, we use PubNub to uh, do real-time collaboration. You can do co-editing. And when we shipped, they said, oh, you're paying 3,000 now. Uh, we are changing our pricing. From now on, you have to pay 30,000 a month for, uh, for the service. Because we added all these features which we don't care about. And so that was uh, stressful. I had to get on a call with them to say, Please give us a year at you know, 2,000 flat rate or something so that we can get off of your platform because we're not your customer anymore. So we rebuilt the whole server with Socket.io, et cetera. Another thing that happened was we had Logmatic as a service, a nice European startup to uh, gather logs from all the different uh, machines. They got acquired by Datadog, which is a big, massive thing. It's expensive. And again, we, we thought, the logs actually have a lot of personal uh, identifiable information from our customers. So we thought, let's bring that in-house so that it's one less vendor that has all this stuff. 
And so we built the Elk, Elk Stack Elasticsearch um, Kibana. Uh, and uh, I forgot the third thing. Anyways, so we built that in-house. So when you pick your third-party vendors, again, try to pick someone who's not going to get acquired and who's not going to raise the prices too much on you. Uh, it's not easy. Because these, these take months to replace, right? It's work that, that your customers never even see. Anyways, 2018, revenue went up. You can see May, there's that big dip. Uh, people left. They were pissed. They left. But then, uh, miraculously, they came back and it kept growing. So now we come to this year. Uh, and this year, we're back. We're sort of pushing on the accelerator again. We've recovered from the, from the fire. And... Um, but we needed more people to work on the desktop app. So these teams are like five people and three people. We're not, they're not enormous, right? But uh, we, need, we really wanted to get the desktop app rewrite finished, so we hired more people for the editor team. We moved some people from cloud to editor. So cloud, this year, new app, one person. One developer that does everything because... Uh, we said, let's slow down. It's going well. Our customers are happy. Support says it's a great app to support. Not a, bit, not, not a lot of requests. So, so we slowed down a lot. And we worked on, little fe on, on these features that you've seen in the previous slide, too. So the things that we, we keep trying to work on and never get to. But we're doing that now. And really, the name of the game, after, after a year... Uh, you know, after your web app is a couple of years old, is all about ops. It's all about scaling. Our one developer has really uh, worked on setting up all the alarms and all the metrics, you know, CPU usage data, memory data, to make sure that as soon as there's something that's a little bit dangerous, we know first before things go south, right? Disk space going out. There are hundreds of these. I have no idea what they are, thankfully. Uh, I'm at a stage of my career where I don't have to. Um, but, you know, it is a lot of work. Again, completely invisible to your customers. But they, you have to do all this stuff, especially right now that it's scaling gradually. And, um, and then uh, this is another slide that, remember this? This was from a few years ago, uh, um, Apple WWDC keynote. They did a Mac OS 10 update, and famously they had this very controversial slide, which was, we're not adding any features. Uh, we're just fixing two decades of technical debt, right? And, um, and actually, this is kind of grainy because there's no pictures of this on the internet anymore. They kind of cleaned it all up. Uh, but uh, that's kind of the mindset you have to be in. Like, try to, the features you build before you ship, then it's all about making a scale, right? If you have a large team, sure, do whatever you want. But even in that case, I would say focus on the back end a year, for a year or two. And then once that's solid, then you can add more things, bring in more customers. Um, so this is now, this is the whole uh, revenue for cloud since 2016. Now the gamma is this little thing right here. Uh, you, you know, uh, it, to put it in context, and this is what we're expecting for, uh, for the yearly revenue. So overall, we're very happy with it, um, but uh, I hope that in this talk I showed you that there's a lot more to a SaaS than what you read uh, online. So thank you.
you enjoyed that talk, I would love it if you'd click through and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and head to youtube.com slash microconf and subscribe if you haven't already. You'll be joining about 8,000 other founders and aspiring founders who get notified when we publish new videos. We have literally hundreds of, of videos, some are interviews, some are microconf talks on this channel, and everything includes the strategies, the tactics, the inspiration that you need to keep going and, and build and launch and grow your SaaS. So thank you so much for joining me again this week, and I will be back in your earbuds again with another episode of the MicroConf Podcast next week.